Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. It's funny how the Lord brings up different things in your life to to use as an example of, of his goodness and and so many things to think about. Last week we heard a word, an encouraging word about hope. Now that didn't come from Pastor Ann, but she preached a good message. I encourage you to go back and have a look at it. But there was just a prophetic unction word, exhortation that came out of, uh, of Denise and, and about hope. And it really stuck with me about how how people are, have had hope just quenched in this last while. So we've been praying about that. And I'm believing God that, that our confident expectation, which is what we have in Jesus, but there's no confidence in it if we don't understand that God doesn't lie. And that's where we get confidence and we can hope in God. This morning, we're just going to walk through a few things and, and get you ready for what's coming. Now, I, I always kind of feel like, well, get ready, get ready, get ready. And, and it's not that God doesn't prepare us. He does. But also, if you understand what's coming, your expectation can be adjusted. Because I believe our expectations need to come into a new place. Amen. So as I was thinking about this, God reminded me that we did a lot of camping when we were younger. Did anybody ever go camping? Out in, yeah. some, of, some people camp differently than, than uh, uh, Pastor Ann likes to go glamping. I've seen what Corey and Leanna do, and it comes pretty close to that with raised beds and, and uh, blow-up mattresses and, and carpeting. The last time I saw them, when, uh, and they took pictures of their campsite, I was like, well, that's a home away from home. But that's not how it was when we were younger. <laughs> we had one of those tents that was made out of canvas. You didn't touch it when it rained. If you leaned against it, you became as wet as the weather outside. And so they, they were very, you just didn't touch it. And I don't know how there were three children and two adults, and it wasn't that big, but somehow we were all inside of that tent. And, and then we progressed a little bit and got a tarp that went over the tent. And the tent, the tarp would hang from the trees. We'd tie it in the trees to try and make more protection. As things went along, eventually one day, the money was saved. And my parents bought a new tent. This thing had a divider down the middle. So they had kind of privacy. Well, it was camping. There isn't that much. And if you don't know what a tent is, go and Google it. And uh, so, so there we were with now this brand new tent. And before we ever went camping, we had to explore how to put it together. So we must have been older because my brother and I got the instructions and we put that tent together. Oh yes, we did. This one was waterproof. We still used our, our, all of our equipment. But I realized in there there was growth. I realized in there that there were some things about camping that were essential and, and kind of a lesson of what we do today. There's a place where they provide protection from the elements. There's a place where, where we had to work together. We had to make sure things were secured. If you didn't secure the tent, well, the wind blew. And you'd come back, you know, you might have gone fishing that morning. My, my, I would get up with my father and we'd go down to the creek and catch breakfast. 
and uh, I, I was the kind of child that the sun came up and I was ready to roll. I don't tend to do that so much anymore. <laughs> I, I, I wait. <laughs> and if the sun is blinding, I might get out of bed. But I'm really grateful for curtains. And so, <laughs> so I, we would get up and we would do that. But if you weren't prepared, and sometimes we were out playing and we'd come back to the campsite, if things were not secure, yeah, the tent would be up, especially if it was windy and things like that. Many people today are not secured. They don't want to come under God's tent. And in this last while, uh, because expectation and hope have been so quenched, one of the things that's got damaged is our hope in God's protection. And as I began to think about that, there's, there's places where we are like children and we have that canvas tent and we just go, God, we're, not, we're just going to stay really close inside. We're not going to touch the wet spots. We're going to trust you. And, and when children get born again, especially when they're young, there's this great trust they have. Great trust. When I was small, you know, I was, I was just trusting God. They said he loved me. I, I believed him. I didn't stop believing him. I didn't always know how to love God, but I never, ever doubted that he loved me. And, and, that's, and when a Sunday school teacher told me that they parted the Red Seas, I went, yep. I didn't, I didn't have that, well, I don't know about science. No, that was in the Bible. I just believed it was true. And to some extent, that has stayed with me all my life. People told me I would grow out of that, but I don't think that that's a good idea either. Don't grow out of trust in the word of God. Don't get out of trusting what God can do. He is God. He can do what he wants. Yeah. Hey, man, he has supernatural power. But we have lost that ability to come under his tent. And we need to come back to that. And I was thinking about that wonderful scripture in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I believe it's verse 18, where it says, and God has set everyone in the body as it pleased him. He set us as it pleased him. And you see, there's a place where, you know, um, my fingernails protect what's underneath them. They protect that. Now the baby toe kind of protects you from knowing where the bottom of the bed posts are. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my baby toes have found a lot of things. And uh, I could tell you that there's a place where the body has designed to be protective. If you think now that Jesus is the head of the body, okay, and that place where he says, don't do that, it's not because he doesn't like you. <laughs> the head's where the wisdom is. <laughs> and this is why it's so vital to be connected to the body. Several years ago, I'd had a vision, forgot all about it. Sometimes that happens because when a prophetic word, we're going to talk about that in a minute. When a prophetic word comes, you don't necessarily uh, remember it because it doesn't come out of your head. When it's God's word, it comes out of the heart of God, comes by the Holy Spirit's unction on your life. We'll talk about that a, a little bit more in a minute as well. Now, what happened in that vision was I saw... Uh, and I, we were in a prayer group, just a small group of people, and it was several years ago, and we were praying, and I had said, I'd seen this wind rise up in the east, and it kind of swept west, but it wasn't God. But many people would be deceived and think it was God. And there come with it false signs and wonders. Now, I wasn't any person that somebody would respect. I was just Joe Blow praying, and, and I had this vision, and people went, ooh. 
did you, what did you have for dinner, you know? And, and so, but somebody there wrote it down. And then several years later, there was a move that happened in Toronto that was filled with false signs and wonders. And so they phoned me up and they said, do you remember you had this word? I go, no. And so they wrote it back, what, what they were, what had written. God was trying to protect us from something. And people didn't like that. And when you said anything that was negative, or uh, it was perceived as being judgmental. But we are to take the word of God and line up what happens with the word. We believe now, I'm going to walk you forward. We believe in that God is going to be doing something spectacular and there's going to be miracles. But they're always going to be marked and line up with his word. They're going to follow it. They're going to be in the very character of the word. They're going to be in the character of God. God is only... Good. So it's going to be good. Does God make you like an animal? That would be weird. God's not weird. He's not spooky. If you're spooked, there's something weird. The protection of coming under God's tent is there for a purpose. This is that scripture in Matthew where it says, I long to gather you like a hen would gather his chicks protect you. God's longing to protect us. We'll get to that a little bit more in a minute. But let's talk about for a moment those gifts, because in a few weeks, we're going to have some people come through our midst that are going to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we just need a refresher so we know how to cooperate with the Spirit of God, how to cooperate with the anointing that we hear that word a lot. And we just need a refresher sometimes on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're different than the residential gifts that the Bible talks about in Romans chapter 12. Residential gifts are the things that he put in you before you were born that he is going to come alive as you follow him and learn about him. So those things are going to come alive. You can read about them in Romans chapter 12, or maybe go to discipleship class on Wednesday night. We'll have pastor teach on it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> The gifts of the Holy Spirit are different. They come as he wills, and that's in 1 Corinthians 12. So if you want to read them, that's great, and, and go through them. I'm not going to be speaking on them in detail this morning, except for this. When the Lord moves, they are supernatural. It's done by Holy Spirit and his unction at his will. They are not yours to keep. Now, many people have made that error because they think, oh, well, I moved in this kind of gift and of prophecy. And prophecy is exhortation, edification, and comfort. And those are nice big Bible words that means they make you feel better. <laughs> Amen. So we have this wonderful thing. Now, God is holy. God is supernatural. So he's going to do supernatural things. The word of knowledge, which is most common, happens quite a lot within our body. That word of knowledge is, and that's what it's called in 1 Corinthians. If you want to go there, that will help you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, so that you're all there. People like to go to the, the holy nine, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it says he, he administrates them as he wills and differently among his people. Differently. And so we say, oh, well, I moved in that once, I'll move it again. Well, maybe not. That is not what it talks about in Romans chapter 12. So this is what the Holy Spirit, he moves and he moves this way. And he often moves when we're more sensitive or listening to the Holy Spirit. 
So on a Sunday morning, we're all there and we're praising the Lord. And we sense something. Now, some of our new believers in our midst, which are hopefully watching online today, <laughs> and it's a good refresher for them, they might be new. I remember the very first time that I was sitting in a meeting and I knew something that I didn't know. Now, that sounds funny. But I, that's what it's like. It's like, how did I know that? I don't know how I know that. Did I know that before? I don't know if I knew that before. Isn't that interesting? And this is what's going on inside, not out my mouth. Praise the Lord. I like to verbally process, but not at that juncture. I just like, why do I know this? And sometimes people will get sort of one word or they'll have a, a sense. And the Holy Spirit, because you've been sensitive to him in your worship, you've been listening for his instruction. Haven't we been praying, oh, Lord, direct us. Oh, Lord, teach us. Holy Spirit, I yield to you. And then when you say those things, he begins to kind of point you in a direction. Perhaps it comes with you thinking about someone and suddenly going, you know, they're having a rough time. Well, how did you know that? How did you know that? That was the Lord's unction in your life to point you in a direction. And that's a very simplified way of thinking about the word of knowledge. It's a supernatural action that the Holy Spirit works through you to show you something you didn't know. Pretty simple, but yet so powerful, so powerful. Because I've seen this work this way. Sometimes we're in a place where we're not really sure what God thinks about us. And we may not say that to others. We're coming to church. We'd be smiling. 30 years, we've been smiling in the chair. And someone comes along and they have this supernatural word of knowledge come to them about you. And it says, and inside you go, God knows me. And you go, Phew. God knows me. And it does something so powerful because when God's in it, something happens to connect you deeper with God. Amen? And you know, that person knew nothing about me. How did they know that? How did they know that? Supernatural. Supernatural by the Holy Spirit. Those are things to help us. Trust God. Have more faith in him. Grow in him and in his grace. Now, that's only one of the gifts. The gift of prophecy, which we often have, that's that one where we'll bring a word out by the Holy Spirit that's going to bring comfort to someone. And that's a little bit different than the word of knowledge in that it's, it, it comes kind of sometimes in a bit of a rush. You have no idea. Sometimes it comes out like Kleenex is out of a box. Whoop, 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 one word at a time. <gasps> And, and I've seen that where, you know, sometimes we're praying in, the, in, in other tongues and, and all of a sudden there'll be an English word and the next thing you know you have five sentences which you didn't have before. And you think, where did this come from? I didn't even know what I was going to say. How did that come out of my mouth? Well, it wasn't you. So these are some things that you might see when Dr. Laird is here. He, he operates in the office of the prophet, which is different than the simple gift of prophecy, which any person can work in, which we expect as the Holy Spirit's working in your life to have come alive. Amen? And to trust it. I only have one word, Pastor. Go ahead, say that one word. Go ahead. Speak out that word. And you never know what might happen. You never know. And this is a safe place. This is a safe place. Why do we do it at a microphone? Well, I'll tell you why we do it at a microphone. It's so we can hold you accountable and make sure you've done it right. <laughs> Do 
so we can judge you. Yeah, everybody like, that's it, I'm definitely going to order. No, it's because when the Lord speaks, we all can be blessed. We all. Several years ago when I was stepping back into ministry, I'd had some time off having children, two of them at that point, and uh, I was ministering in a conference. And, and the conference has gone on now. It was their Sunday morning meeting, which I wasn't ministering in. And there was an, an elderly indigenous person, and they were slowly making their way up, and, and God had began to move in the congregation. He gets, it, and I mean, he, he was old. He was moving real slow. And we're all like, okay, he's coming. <laughs> he's coming. <laughs> he's still coming. <laughs> Here he comes. <laughs> and he, was, he didn't walk well, you know. And he finally, he stands up in the pulpit. And we're all waiting. It's just quiet. Just like that. And he says, finally takes a deep breath. And he says, Jesus loves you. And the place fell apart. Just the people fell out of the aisle, crying. Ran to the altar. Three words that seemed so regular. But it was God's anointing on those words that he wanted to deliver in that moment. Changed the whole atmosphere of the church. Changed hearts. You see, so you might think, well, and he wasn't a pastor. And he wasn't a preacher, and he didn't have a call to the ministry. He just obeyed that inner voice that wanted to share that. Yeah, it took a long time for him to get all the way to the pulpit, but we're sure glad he did. We're sure glad he did. God did mir miraculous things that day, and it was wonderful. The Holy Spirit longs to work through his body. And when you're in that tent, there's protection and a safe place. That's why when you feel that unction, you don't have to run out into the parking lot and try to share it away from the body. You want to share it within the body because we need to hear it. We want the, whole, the Holy Spirit wants to bless his people. You don't have to separate yourself. You got to be where he's planted you. You got to be connected where he's planted you. Where he set you is a good thing. What he puts in you is a good thing and is big enough to do what he wants. Amen? So if you're sitting there going, well, you know, I'm just so-and-so. Well, all right. Okay. Fine. But it doesn't have to be that way. No, that's not how Jesus wants it. Not at all. So we talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit's gifts so that when the Holy Spirit's moving, it starts to make sense. It will adjust our expectation of what's coming. Oh, that's what that is. Because when I know something, like when I go, and if I ever do buy a chocolate bar, which I don't, but I know which one, and I sure know which one bag of chips I want. I have an expectation. And I tell you what, if they're stale, I'm taking a bag. I have an expectation that if I buy Miss Vicky's salt and pepper, salt and vinegar chips, they're going to be crunchy and they're going to be, you know, with vinegar and they're going to be nice. But if they're mushy, 
I'm taking them back. I have an expectation that when I open that bag, crunch is on its way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are other people who like salty crunchy in our midst. <laughs> Here we are talking about food again. Must be Sunday. So this is a good thing. So when Salty Crunchy comes and you're saying, you know, God, I just, I need that word that's going to get me over. And you begin to think differently about what's coming. These people are spending time right now hearing from Holy Spirit. What is the word that you want to deposit during this time? What's the thing that, uh, that God, you want to put on my heart to bring to these people to help them get to the next place so that they can run strong with you, Jesus? That's the kind of prayers they're praying. So on the other side, when you're on the receiving end, you're going, what are my expectations? Well, I'm just going to go. I'm going to be tired. It's going to be long. So-and-so talks so long. Oh, my goodness, I think he talks for like two and a half hours. I better make sure those seats are comfortable. You had an expectation, bring a pillow, amen? <laughs> our expectations, our expectations, our expectations of Holy Spirit to work in our life. Now, why don't I say that they're inoperative that way so we go back and if you just take for a moment people use this scripture a lot but um, I've said this before put it back where you found it and they said the gifts of calling is a God without repentance so if God give you a gift that's it you've got it for life but that's not what it says that verse is not in first Corinthians chapter uh, 12 it's actually in Romans chapter 11 and it's talking about the calling of the Israelites it's talking about Jesus' first people. And it says, yes, it's true. What he's given you in the womb, you got for life. So those things that he follows up with in Romans chapter 12, where he put this, when you were in the womb, there's an expectation from God that what he gives you works. And what he gives you also has the anointing to make it come to pass. Anointing. Anointing's different than glory, and we might hear that word. So I'm trying to help you so that when we come into these meetings and we're, we've said a lot of different things and God's moved in a lot of different ways, and it's important for us to have some understanding so that we can move forward in God's ways and get what he wants us to move into. Glory is a manifestation of his presence. Now, I've seen and heard and I've watched Catherine Kuhlman. I had an opportunity to watch her while she was alive on TV but I didn't get it in person. But I can tell you that there were many people who saw the miracles around her and didn't connect. And miracles happen often when the glory of God is manifested. That's his manifested presence. This is not the anointing. Anointing is, the word is like to smear. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth to do what he did, right? To do what he did. So the anointing comes on for a purpose, for a reason. It accomplishes. Now, anointing means to smear, which is interesting, like a whole smear of, of, of oil. And sometimes when people move in, a, a, in healing, and sometimes it's happened to me that way, not every time, but uh, actually in that same meeting up in Port Hardy where that meeting was uh, that I talked about with the man who said, Jesus loves me, uh, one of the mornings, uh, I, the Lord had was moving in miracles, and I'd laid hands on a small baby that had spina bifida, and the Lord healed that baby. I can tell you 
that the smearing happened. <laughs> and it wasn't something I didn't, I, I didn't go home and pray for 15 hours. I didn't fast and pray for 15 or 40 days. None of these things happened. God had a purpose that morning. I had got up and I had said, I believe the Lord's going to move in miracles and healings. And then he did. But it came first through a word of knowledge where I had some information that I couldn't have known except by God, and God revealed his plan. So he gave a word of knowledge. God's going to move in miracles and healings this morning. Bring your sick. And so that's what happened. And so that word came out by the Holy Spirit's leading, and then it worked. And then this baby came in and asked to be prayed for and was healed. Before that baby came in, something took place where it was just like somebody had dumped oil on my head. I literally, I, I, my, it ran down my back. I was grateful it was a ladies' meeting. My Lord, it was just running down my back, and my, my clothes were stuck to it. And, you know, I, I change clothes now and wear, make sure there's jackets because my, at the back, my clothes went see-through because they were drenched. And so many people were healed. And as soon as the healing time was finished, it was gone. There was a lady who was so bound up with arthritis. God instantly just totally delivered her. The swollen, the knuckles, everything just changed and stayed that way. And the funny thing is she came to get her testimony Sunday morning and forgot to put her teeth in because she was so excited. <laughs> so she... <laughs> From <laughs> her testimony, very funny. <laughs> God, she just didn't care. I don't care. I just got that. She was still drunk the next day, drunk in the Holy Spirit. Just so happy in Jesus. Just so happy in Jesus. He's given us his gifts so we can bless others. So we can move in it. Hear his Holy Spirit, be led, and then just move in it. And when we're prepared, we'll have a different expectation. These last couple of years have tried to prepare us for disaster. To never trust God. To get angry. To get angry. But I want to share with you... That, oh, I didn't finish talking about anointing. But while, while, we're, while we're there, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. And while you're finding Hebrews 6, I'll talk to you a little bit more about anointing. Anointing comes on to accomplish what God is doing. Amen. So it's there temporarily. It doesn't stay with you. A lot of people go, oh, I want the anointing. I want the anointing. Well, when God gives you an instruction, he'll give you the anointing, the supernatural ability to accomplish that. And it'll work through you. It'll be wonderful and a lot of fun. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And something, well, well, he didn't tell me to do anything. Okay. Did he tell you to go into all the world and preach the gospel? <laughs> yeah, start with your neighborhood. Amen. <laughs> oh, man, praise the Lord. Well, we're having fun or something. Amen. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6 or something. Verse 18. <laughs> well, let's, I like 17, so I like We're in God. Willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. Me. Oh, only me. Okay. Willing more abundantly to show. 
you see, we have a problem in our, in our eyesight because what we have in our sight is situation and circumstance and everything that's gone wrong. And we come to God with our list of things that require his fix that we've been trying to fix and been involved in it for a while. But he's more abundantly willing to show you his way and open our eyes. Unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel. It means he doesn't lie. It means you can always trust him. And when he says something, he's going to keep his word. He's not a man that he should lie. And I brought this up before. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope set before us, which hope we have an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. For he that enters in the veil. There's a place you've got to enter into his promise and stop being on the outside and stop touching the tent and getting wet. Amen? Don't lean on the edge. Let's see how close I can get to the edge and still have God in my life. Don't tell me. I know. <laughs> so... What's happened in the middle of this is our expectation of God's been. And as we were praying about this, it came to me that it was primarily about time. Because people had this hope. All right, it's going to go this way. And it didn't happen within the time frame that they expected. And it didn't come maybe the way you expected. So we have to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to adjust how we work so that time is no longer an enemy. Time's not the enemy, friends. If I sat down and told you the many times I've been wounded, would you relate to me any better? Really? Well, I don't know about her God. All he does is kill her. He blamed God. I honestly forget. I'm not focused on them. I don't have them in sight. Did I? Yeah. And that whole, and, and I've been saying it all week and I can't help myself, but what, what didn't kill me didn't make me stronger. <laughs> Jesus made me stronger <laughs> when I stopped looking at what was killing me. <laughs> what didn't kill me didn't make me stronger. <laughs> what didn't kill me didn't make me stronger won't make you stronger either. Well, that's all right. I got through. Bless God. You don't like the way I got through. I got through admitting I was the problem. Rats. <laughs> when my expectation was in that I could do it, I didn't, and then it was a failure, and then you get trapped in that whole cycle. Oh, I just hate it when I don't. <laughs> right? We're people. That doesn't mean we never have a hurt. I've been hurt. It really sucks. It does. People can be really mean and horrible. I've never seen. I think the greatest shock, and I'm so glad for my husband, he keeps saying, people just can't get over the idea that some people are, are, are horrible and that the government's not your friend. I'm like, and that they actually have something against you. I'm like, well, they're not saved. And then I start making excuses for people who are not saved. Thinking that'll make it better. God knows what's in the heart. And it's not up to me to fix it. And I can't change it. 
but I sure try. Show me how to pray better, Jesus. Let's just push that cow over. Our expectation. I have had wonderful times in the presence of God. That's where time's my friend. Sometimes in our church services, we don't want to go home. Why is that? We have family. We sense the love. We sense, and while it's not said often, truth, safe. There's protection. We know that there's people here who love each other. Some of you haven't been loved a long time. I tell you, it's so wonderful. Having traveled a lot previously, and soon to be again, amen. I believe when I come home, it's like, my family, they love me. And yes, I love God, and God loves me, but sometimes out there, it's crazy. And, and like, I'm not Dorothy clicking my red heels, but there's days, you know. <laughs> there's no place like home. <laughs> and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for a family that loves me. I'm grateful for God that loves me. But that's where time is our friend. We don't have to rush. We go home sometimes to family, or it's kind of like, mm, you know, that skeleton sure fell out of the closet and couldn't get all the bones back inside after. And, and, the, and we can come to a different expectation. See, I could tell you about times when things went so poor that when I went to go ahead with God, there was a hesitation because if I get wounded again, I won't know what to do. But if I look back and I think about Romans chapter 5 where I glory in my tribulations, not because they were great, not because, oh God, praise God for illness. Praise God I was broke. Praise God I made ridiculous financial decisions. That is not glorying in your tribulations. Okay, but there are days. Some people take it that way and it's kind of crooked. So that's in Romans chapter 5. And, and like, you're like, what are you doing? What is going on in your head? And, and, and it's because you get stuck in this weird realm and you go round and round and round in circles and it's not good. Glory in your tribulations of trying of your faith worketh patience. Well, it wasn't working patience in me. It was working like, come on, let's go. <laughs> no one beside me, right? And I, why is this taking so long? God, why is that? I've done everything you asked me to. Now, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> Absolutely. God knows his plan. And when we can settle all of those things by giving them to him and not trying to, all right, Jesus, I'll settle myself. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. I've tried and not successfully. So you can learn from my experience or not. Amen. <laughs> There's no peace outside of Jesus. I've tried to have it and obtain it and hang on to it. And how did I enter into it? By yielding. I let him work. Let God work. Let God. Let patience have its perfect work. Okay. <laughs> let, 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 let. Amen. So that's the part where we get a little over anxious and a little fussy. 
But in Romans chapter 5, when it's talking about tribulations that come, they sometimes make us build walls about never getting hurt. But you can't stop. People are going to be crazy forever. I haven't noticed that they change much. When I read back in Genesis, all the way through, I see people pretty much are the same. Generation after generation, same silly trouble shows up at the door. Now, we can change how we respond to that, but so much of it's based on expectation. Can you see with all of the things that have come down the pike that when hope gets crushed, there's a big problem? It's a big problem. You and I can't fix it, but we can turn into right hope by saying, where is my expectation? Remember the times. How often when God turns and he says in Revelation, he said, remember the first work. Remember your first love. Remember your first love. What's it like to have your first love? What's it like for it to come alive again? Do you remember when the Lord touched you? Do you remember what that was like when you came face to face in his presence? Do you remember what happened on the inside? How you came alive like no other time? These are the things that change. Why? Because we are changed, wait for it, from glory to glory. We say that, but in reality, that's where it takes place. So if hope is crushed and you're looking at time, and time's become the enemy of your day, where is it happening? When is it happening? It gets you out of the expectation of the moments of the presence of God, and that's where change happens. Because when I'm in his presence, I get that sight that he talked about in Hebrews chapter 6, where it says, and he'll reveal. Yes, he does. But I know when I'm with him, I see things different. I know that when I'm in his presence, the things that troubled me don't seem very big anymore. And I'm like, wow, God's so big. Wait, he's supernatural. Wait, he's the one with the power. And something begins to change in my perspective. It changes in my attitude. And without me even like lining up all the things that I'd like him to change, he does it. And the truth of being changed from glory to glory takes place in my heart. Without me orchestrating it. What did I have to do? Back at Hebrews, chapter 6, the last part of verse 19. Which entereth in within the veil? They had to go inside. They had to go in. As we think about our expectations, perhaps where they've been damaged, held down, quenched, hurt, broken. These things are all very real. Very real. Very real. I've been disappointed. I've been wounded. But I'm not walking around wounded. I tried to get fixed. Didn't work. I tried to line up all the scriptures and read them over and over and over and over and, over and quote them. Like a Rolodex. I know a lot of scriptures. I've memorized a lot of verses. But it was the entrance into his presence. You see, his presence has a couple of qualities 
that are wonderful and then some that hurt. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, when you enter into God and he opens your eyes to stuff, you also see where you missed it. And not because he's judging you, but because he's holy. And in his holiness, it's like, oh, there's the stuff. In Isaiah chapter 6, it says, in the year King Uzziah died, and he was high and lifted up, and his train, his glory, filled the temple. And it's this wonderful place. And he was in the presence of God. And he could sense it all around. And things were different. And he goes, oh, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the nation of a people of unclean lips. But God didn't stay there. Very next verse, he goes, well, we fixed that so you can stay and not feel bad. And you see, some people come to that veil. They come to the presence they come to a meeting where their expectation is, God might move, but he might show me something I got to repent of. It'll be okay. Where he shows you a need to turn, it's the exit from what hurt you. So when he shows you, here's the door, and you go in, that which trouble can't trouble you anymore. He doesn't have power to go in there with you. So you enter in. And we enter into the veil. We enter into his presence. We enter into the place where he does the changing in his order. We don't come out like we think. Now, here's the big part. I've said this many times. And I hope sometimes we need to hear it and hear it and hear it. And then hear it a couple of more times. When God changes you, you're different. <laughs> Deep, right? And then we go, I don't feel like myself. And the next morning you wake up and go, I'm not myself. I'm not who I was. This is really weird. And you start making, you phone the pastor, I'm not who I was. I'm not, I'm not feeling like myself. Good. Embrace it. Amen. <laughs> Don't embrace your bad old self. Discover the new one. You'll be happy. Oh. You won't know how good it is until you leave what bad's behind. So we enter into the veil. It's been torn. Some people want to, like I said, they want to touch that tent and get all wet. Sew it back in. Yeah, here's a big needle and thread. Going to take a while. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? We enter into his presence. We enter into the veil. We enter into the place of heart change. It's a great place. And stuff happens there, and it's good. It's good, and it's wonderful. And it's sustaining. It's not a moment. Oh, that's it. We're over. Get out. You know that God didn't have that little timer thing, you know, it goes off, like when you have to take something out of the oven. Ding, 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 ding. Time's up. Get out. Aren't you glad? And as we learn more about living and knowing the veil, we can learn how to live in the veil no matter where we are. Not just Sunday. I used to think that I could only pray in other tongues once we sung a lot of songs. It was the truth. I didn't know how, I didn't realize God was always on. And you see, because I, I, when I looked at 1 Corinthians 13, it said, 
the gift of other tongues. It comes by administration and selectively by the Holy Spirit or when he administrates it as he wills. I thought, well, he didn't will it today. I didn't understand the difference between the gift of tongues, which operates in the body that has an interpretation that follows, which we've seen. That's when you hear somebody speak, and it'll be different than how they normally pray. It'll, be, it'll sound different, and it'll have a different kind of almost authority to it. And then somebody comes along, and they say English words, so we would understand what the Spirit was saying. That's not your prayer language like they got in Acts. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit moved in their midst, everybody could just go. Now, I can tell you, I, I'm sharing a lot from my heart today. Help you so that we know what's coming, and we could do well with it. I've had a couple of experiences, more than one, where I've actually spoken a language of somebody who was there as a, because God wanted to show them something. I was in a particular meeting. I was serving because I can do that even though I was pastor. I was, I was ushering and happy to do it. I'm a good greeter. <laughs> That's because I had this thing going on, you know. I'm sure Pastor Neil is a great greeter as well. <laughs> we have a few happy people in our midst. <laughs> and uh, we won't let Shalane near the door. And uh, <laughs> they may never get in. <laughs> and so I was greeting, and I was standing at the back and helping people, and the meeting had gone on, but I stayed back there. And we just still had, because people just kept coming in because they don't, when it comes to church, they never know what time it is. If it was work, it'd be different. And uh, <laughs> that was just a little side trail there for people who liked, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so I was at the back, and there was somebody at the, they were sitting in the back to, like, watch things. I'll sit in the back row, and I'll stay near the door so that if anything goes strange, I can just run. Somebody's back there, and I'm like, I'm praying. I'm thinking, mm-hmm, I got by on you in case something goes strange. I'm watching you. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'm praying. And I begin to, and suddenly, as I'm just quietly praying, a, a, a distinct tongue begins to come out. And I just yielded to it and began to pray. But he starts crying. Praise the Lord. God's moving. <laughs> He'll go up for prayer. He doesn't go up for prayer. I think that's kind of weird. <laughs> the meeting's over, and he's leaving, and he's happy now. He was much happier than when he came. He said, I'd always had questions about tongues, but you spoke my exact dialect. And I went, that was cool. <laughs> I don't know what I said. <laughs> he did, praise the Lord. I had that happen one other time when I was, went to minister to somebody in the hospital and spoke, their, uh, spoke Italian. After we went out of the room and we had stopped praying and we now were going in to pray for the woman's son, and we go in there. She hardly spoke any, any uh, English at all. And we went in to pray. And she looks at me and she begins to speak to me in Italian again. When we were praying in the room, I spoke her language. I didn't know what I said, but she responded. She'd ask me questions. I'd respond back. I didn't even know what was going on. And so we go back in the room. They assume, I have dark hair. Must be Italian. I'm speaking her language. We go in the room to pray for her son. Da, 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 da. She says a few more words to me. I look at her blankly. I have no idea what she's saying. And, and her daughter looks at me. She goes, I thought you just spoke our language. Okay. You didn't know? I said, no. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> when the Holy Spirit moves, it's not from up here. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. 
it's supernatural. We see a lot of stuff out there, all kinds of stuff. But if we see that there's stuff out there that isn't God and it's counterfeit, it means there's a fit. <laughs> Amen. I'm like, we're so shocked. God moved in power. So our expectation of God moving in power today is changed. God moves in power. It's who he is. And he does miraculous things. And it's going to be us getting going and going, yeah, I'm beginning to get this. This is good. It's good. It's good. I don't know how he changes things. You know, we like to grow things. And I could tell you, Barry could tell you better, how, how the whole process of things growing works. But still to this day, as we look at our seeds that are beginning to come up, we planted way more seeds than we got things coming up. Why? Couldn't tell you. And I remembered when I was in kindergarten, we grew a bean. Anybody else did that in kindergarten? Some of them still do them. And I remember we put it in this something where we could see it in a glass or something like this. And you could see the bean opening up. And I'm thinking, how did that happen? I don't know. But I know it did. How did God heal? How did God put a couple of eyeballs in somebody who didn't have pupils? I don't know. But he did. How did God open those deaf ears? I don't know. But he did. How did God cause those tumors to fall off people like I've seen him do? I don't know, but he did. How did he heal people's hearts? I don't know, but he did. How do things grow? I don't know, but they do. I know I'm a tree of righteousness. His planting. As long as I'm saying, I'm going to live within the veil. Chances are, I might bear a few leaves. God wants you so confident in being ready to be in his hand, to do what he said. And it's, we've made it so, so terribly difficult. And it's not. It's not. I've seen children operate in miracles. Because they said yes. Let's not overcomplicate things. That little place where you go, ooh, God's showing me something. It's good. And he's good. Time is our friend. We don't have to rush in his presence. Well, I gotta go here for lunch. Well, that's all right. But we don't have to rush. We don't have to rush, rush, rush. I've even out of my mouth said, well, I'm a workaholic. I realized that I need to adjust that. Sometimes I've said things out of my mouth that later on I've gone, oh. But God will help me. Well, he is helping me. He'll like, are you sure you want to do that? <sighs> help me, Jesus. And he is. <laughs> and you're praying, help her more, Jesus. Help her more. <laughs> God loves us so very much. And this world is strange. And truthfully, so are we. But let's be the good kind of strange. And when he says yield, let's yield. And allow him to build his confidence in you. How do you do that? Let me finish here. 
I've tried to find the door, but we just keep slapping it. We gain confidence by speaking out and stepping out of our comfort zone. And sometimes it is one word, and sometimes it comes in a whole sentence. You have a box of Kleenex here? Oh, yeah, I got one. Look at that. And you begin to pray in other tongues, not because you've sung five worship songs at home. Because he's on and you realized he is, and all I have to do is say hi. And that heavenly language where you connect with Jesus. Before the Tower of Babel, what did they speak? They didn't speak Hebrew. They spoke Jesus' language. Languages came in the Tower of Babel, but that's a whole other day. Maybe you'll answer it on Wednesday night. And so, the Holy Spirit, you go, oh, he's there. I love you, Jesus. You're so capresamada. Kind. Oh, is that a word? Yes, it's a word. Kindness is a word. Oh, God, you're revealing your kindness to me. You're so full of grace. Oh, oh, I see that friend of mine. I see that friend of mine. Oh, no, I'm, and then it, this is, you know, praise the Lord, I pulled Kleenex. <laughs> He's so good. Do you cry? I cry more now than I ever have. I, go, I think it's a season of crying. Not because I'm in trouble. Because of his goodness. And it's so good. I'm like, they're happy crying. And I've heard wonderful testimonies. And I see the growth in all of us. And I know he's changing us and working his plan. And he's using us. And it's kind of really exciting. It's wonderful. And he loves us so very, very much. I hope today, not with worldly hope, that your expectation has been pushed to say, what was I looking at that for? And say, this is who I'm looking at from here on in. This is who I'm looking at from here on in. I'm looking forward. I'm looking up. This is my Jesus. And he is master of my life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for you. Probably not pull Kleenexes, but I might have to use them shortly. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is preparing us and has prepared us. There are things that are done. There's fruit that's whole in our life. You don't have to fix that. Amen. Praise God. We don't have to fix God. <laughs> Amen. You know, when you begin to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he wants to flow in them. That's what he wants to show you. So often, when we bring up these things, he begins to work in them. There's been a sitting down and a waiting that hasn't been Jesus. 
And it's and and you're waiting for this next unction. You're waiting for this next go. You're waiting to see. Well, when things are perfect, then we'll move forward. When God's fixed me, then then I'll be willing for Him to use me. But it's never ever been dependent on the outside of the vessel. It's the clarity of His voice in you that you say yes to. We say yes, Jesus, yes to you. We say 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 yes to the simple and the easy. The places we've made it complicated. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for overcomplicating. For putting so many rules and regulations we forgot. It's all about you. It's all about you. We love you. We love you. Holy Spirit, we welcome your direction, your leading, your guiding, your help, your comfort. Many here needing a deeper level of comfort. Oh, he knows. He knows where your feet have gone. He knows the path that you've been on. He knows, he knows, he knows where your feet have walked. He knows, he knows, he knows. Oh, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. He knows where you've been, and he knows where you're going. He knows. Oh, he knows. He knows our heart. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.